piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy New Year, film fans. Welcome to a new year. Welcome to Tuesday's edition. Uh, that's Ed, that's Craig, that's Zach, I'm Juan, and this is a new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Uh, gentlemen, how was your new year? It was boring, man. I literally just, uh, I mean, it was all right. But I uh, literally just rewatched the entire season one of Stranger Things. Ed, it sounds like 2022. It was boring, and you rewatched Stranger Things. Zach, what about you? How was your New Year's? Hey, three days in, and all hell has already broke loose. So it's going to be a good year. Oh my gosh, Craig, save save what this conversation because save something because it just feels like a repeat of 2022. Um, <laughs> Stupid. I. I it's been chilling. You know what? Um, my 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 new favorite football team, the Tulane Green Wave, <laughs> pulled out the Cotton Bowl victory on uh, Monday. You know, I'm, I'm super excited. <laughs> Tulane Green Wave. Uh, no, it's it was, yeah. Uh, I was I was gonna say. You know, probably felt like another December for you. OU being in a bowl game, losing another bowl game, probably felt the same. What are you talking? Man, you know. Hey, let's let's go back to look and see when Texas was actually in a bowl game. They won, uh, like two years ago, I think. I think wasn't it the wasn't it the we're back versus Georgia? Like, uh, you know who did win this weekend? It was Dallas won this weekend. That that is good. That is good. No, um, my New Year's just started off uh, solid, decent. Just been hanging out with the family. So, family time, New Year, new movie. This week, guys, we're talking about Elvis um, with an IMDb rating of 7.4, a Rotten Tomato score of 77%. The meta score is at 64%, while the Google users have it at 77% as well. With a budget of $85 million this year, it grossed a little over $286 million at the box office with a theater release of June 24th, 2022. Um Starring Tom Hanks, Austin Butler, um, Helen Thompson, written by Baz. Um, there you go, Zach. Um, <laughs> the life of American icon Elvis Presley from his childhood to become a rock and roll movie star in the 50s while maintaining a complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. If you guys have not seen this movie, I highly recommend go check it out on HBO Max. It is on HBO Max for free if you have an HBO Max subscription. Um, as we always say, just go HBO Max it up. If you... That is what we say. That is what we say. Um, if you guys don't know where to find us or locate us on the social media, it's pretty easy. It's always right here. Facebook.com forward slash The Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Twitter is at Cinnamon405. And the email, send us in some emails, and we will uh, read out some emails on 
certain big episodes. C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. Um, and you guys know this. We have some great sponsors. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five great sponsors. If you guys want to check them out, they are all over our social media. They are also on our opening poster that you can see every single Monday uh, in, in this stint. It's Tuesday. But uh, check them out. Go check out our sponsors and tell them all that the Cinema Movie Podcast sent you. But right now, guys, it is time for our favorite segment of the show. It is time for the top five. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest. I did not see the message saying we were doing top five of 2022. Well, it's fine. If you guys are out there listening and watching, if you want to play along, just go to your Spotify list and go check out all of the episodes we did in the, in the past, you know, 2022 year and uh, hang out with us and let us know what your top five is. Um, There's some solid episodes in this, man. There some are fun, some, some fun episodes. So go back and, uh, whether you're on Spotify, Anchor, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or the Prescribed Films Network, uh, www.prescribedfilms.com. Mm. Uh, listen, go back and let's look at some of the episodes. We, we had some fun episodes. We dedicated the entire year of 2022 to Denzel Washington. Um, you can also watch us live here on Emoswa Productions' YouTube channel. So uh, that's where a lot of... Uh, our, our shows and stuff have, have been on. So check us out. Happy New Year, 4K Happy bad guy. Um, but uh, does anybody have any honorable mentions? Negative. Nope. No honorable mentions. Um, honestly, my honorable mention is going to be episode 217 from October 30th. It was the library episode when we talked Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Um, that was a fun episode. The entire episode took a shift into a public library conversation. So if you want to go laugh your ass off about something that we didn't even review, uh, go check it out. It's episode 217, Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Let's just say that conversation was actually a lot more entertaining than the movie. So, <laughs> So... Edward, let's start with you. What's your number five? Uh, I guess I'm riding your coattails on that. Halloween 4, 217. <laughs> uh, still kind of couldn't believe that. I don't know if you've never been to the library before then. You know, that's, you the, that's, like, the, that's the magic of this show. You'll never know, okay? Just leave it at that. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it, it, it was hilarious. It, it was just... I don't know if you call it top tier comedy, at least for us, I'd say that one is for sure one of our top like <clears throat> tier comedies for us. <laughs> yeah, but Zach, yeah, you know, Zach, sir, what's your number five? 
Uh, number five is uh, back in January of last year. We ended January with uh, There Will Be Blood, a film that I really thought we were going to have very divisive opinions on. Instead, we had a really good thematic conversation about greed and the character of Daniel Day-Lewis and just kind of that, char- that movie's place in film history in the last 10 years or however long it's been. So that was a really fun conversation. So. Nice. Uh, number five for me is going to be episode 200 live from rodeo cinema. We talked uh, independence day. Um, we talked in front of a, you know, a small little live audience. The movie was playing in front of us. We had some small technical difficulties, but it was a, uh, it was, it was huge. Honestly, huge. We took the podcast on the road. We did a live, uh, a live podcast. You know, how many podcasts out there can honestly say they did that? Um, it was it was a fun episode. It was a fun experience. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. I've been in talks with Radio Cinema to bring us back um, to do maybe one more uh, sometime this spring. So you know, other than that, guys, uh, I'm kicking it off high. That that's my number five, episode 200, Independence Day. Um, Craig, what about you? What's number five for you? Uh, my number five is going to be uh, episode 205.5 bonus series A24. Me and Johnny reviewed High Life. Oh, that was um, a fun episode. It was, you know, uh, I don't think Ed joined us for that one. Was, no. You didn't know. Okay, so it's just me and you, Johnny. Um, I was on an A24 kick right there. I felt like you for a little bit. So, uh, um, yeah. It was... It, the movie itself was weird. We had, um, you know, some interesting conversations about the choices in the film and some of the directions that they went. But overall, it was, it the, was orgasm, the, the orgasm chair. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. We skipped past that pretty quick. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, it was just fun to sit there and talk about um, Robert Pattinson in an environment that I personally haven't seen him in. So that's uh, that's my number five. Zach, you already went right. Yeah, uh, my number five was There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Edward, number four for you, sir. Number four for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with episode 203. Nope. Uh, I was waiting oh, no, for that. Now, now, now the episode is going to be damaged forever. All right. Thanks, waited. <laughs> nah, man, uh, that was one of my favorites. I uh, loved that. I was really, really waiting for that movie. I was like, man, Jordan Peele can only do better. And, I mean, imagery – Flat knocked it out of the park. Uh, I, I thought it was brilliant. I uh, loved it personally. And I had fun on the episode talking about all kinds of stuff, whether, you know, it, it was the money shot or not. So, yeah. Episode 203, nope. Nice. Uh, number four for me is going to be uh, episode 197, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, just because of how... You know how, how, how much of a bad experience it was. Me and Craig saw people walk out. I passed out a little bit. There was a guy sleeping next to me. Um, <laughs> Zach was completely. Zach was completely. You know, um, he had Great such. A, he had such a hard on for this movie, and then he was just so let down. And then Edwards over here, like, like applauding it. Thought it was the greatest <laughs> thing ever, and it was just a fun episode. It was a diverse we- conversation. We had fun with it. We still had fun with it, you know, months, months later. So episode 197, go check it out. Jurassic World Dominion is my number four. Edward, number four for you. No, I mean, exactly. I'm I, I was like, I already did. Do you I'm, want me to keep count? 
John, yes, uh, I do. Okay, okay. I'm a little. I'm, I'm. I'm used to the little uh, Asian chick in the background saying four and stuff. Okay, uh, Zach, number four. Uh, number four, the first blockbuster we did this year, the Batman number one eighty three. Um, we were all four of us were just so hyped after seeing that film. Johnny saw it eighteen hundred times before the before the episode. Um, it, I think all of us were just so amazed at what Matt Reeves did with that movie, and I mean. I think all of us can agree that Robert Pattinson proved him wrong. He was a great it, Batman and excited to see what goes forward. It might be the lone DC movie to survive. Yeah, wow. basically. Um, <laughs> Craig, number four for you? So Number four for me, I, I'm writing off your coattails, Johnny. Uh, episode 197, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, we saw a guy leave for popcorn and never come back. <laughs> uh, like Johnny said, he kind of fell asleep. I was ready to leave about 30 minutes in. Um, and then, yeah, we laughed at the episode because Chris Pratt decided to punch a dinosaur in the face. So, mm. uh, <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah, that's reason enough for me. So, that's my number four. That was Zach's favorite part, by the way. No, 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 no. My favorite part was when the raptor got clotheslined in the chase sequence. I was just like, okay, so hey, this is what know. we're this is what we're doing. All right. Yeah, it's a Fast and the Furious meets. Oh Jesus! World. Oh, and then all the the locust at the end, the grasshoppers. Oh. <laughs> Number three. That, movie, that, that just brought back all the PTSD <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> Number and three, Edward. Uh, Number three, episode two, one, three. Uh, signs, man. Uh, Zach uh, made a pick that you weren't even on, my boy. I was uh, on signs. You were? Yeah. What was it I that wasn't. you did pick? Craig wasn't okay. on I know. I was really upset about that, by the way. But you know, been wanting to talk about that movie for a while. That's been a, uh, I don't know, a dark shadow in my uh, in my life. So yeah, signs, man. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's simple as that. Nice. Uh, number three for me is going to be um, from May 2nd, episode 191. When we talked solo, it was one of the last episodes that we did in person with all of each other. And we had a huge tornado cycling over us that day. And we all just kind of rushed the episode and we shagged ass because we thought we were going to build Paxton it up. And uh, we, we thought we, we were going to meet the extreme. Um, but it was a fun episode. If it seemed rushed, that's why. Um, but, we uh, didn't want to die. Episode 191 solo from May 2nd earlier this year. So that was number uh, three. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number three for me is a Top Gun Maverick, number 195. Uh, I don't care if Avatar is about to beat it. It was the biggest movie of 2023, 2022, basically, till the end of the year. Um, just a fun conversation, a hell of a movie, and uh, just a great time talking about it. So, what more can you say? Uh, number three for me um, is going to be episode 193, Man of Steel. Um, mm -hmm. We were able to go back, rewatch a movie that I think we all had a pretty good uh, taste in our mouths from the last time we watched it, but came back to, to find out that it was really a movie that was underappreciated, even though we all kind of liked it, you know, our initial watch. And uh, just being able to go back and talk about that and uh, talk about where DC should or could go, uh, and then we come to find out that it's all been scrapped. 
yeah. um, and it just kind of collapsed in on itself. So, uh, but going back and, and just having that little glimmer of hope that DC was going to right all the wrongs, it was a, it was a good episode to talk about. Twas two Zach uh, Ed. Number two, I'm going to go ahead and go with episode 195, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, man, I, I got to say, I, I enjoy the movie a lot more. Uh, Tom Cruise or not, you know, uh, I've got to say Rooster, best part of the movie easily. Uh, made guys want to actually wear mustaches. Not all of them could pull it off, though, so there's that. But yeah, man, wanted to pull nine G's after that. So yeah, number two for me is gonna be uh, episode one eighty six, The Godfather. Um, it's the the thing that stands out with all these episodes, and I mentioned it is the topic of conversation, not necessarily the movie. But it was one of those fun conversations that, like, you know, we all. It was I think Craig and Edward's first full time watch. Um, on The Godfather and just ended up turning into a really fun conversation about a three-hour movie that, you know, some people really thought, didn't know how they were going to enjoy it or enjoyed it all. And, you know, some of you guys um, kind of enjoyed it for what it was. So episode 186, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the conversation that I, again, just shared with you guys in general was a fun conversation. So that's my number two. Zach? Uh, number two is uh, Edge. Already mentioned it was Signs. Number two thirteen, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. It was so fun to finally get to talk about this um, in a film that I think all well, me, Craig, and I definitely grew up on. And it was I think your second time full time watch, Johnny, I believe. So um, it was kind of fun to see someone that didn't grow up with it kind of experience it and kind of get their input on it. So uh, yeah, number two is Signs. Craig. Yeah, number two for me is going to be episode 189, The Nice Guys. <laughs> um, you know, just being able to talk talk with you guys about a movie that me and Johnny have kind of um, had tucked away in our hearts somewhere in there, in, in our Blu-ray collection, that we were able to share with a lot of you guys, uh, listener-wise, that didn't know about it. And you guys kind of emailed in, said you'd never heard of it, never watched it before. It's an underrated comedy uh, with Ryan Gosling and uh, Russell Crowe. Um, so if you haven't watched the movie or you haven't listened to the episode, I highly suggest doing both. Um, it was a fun episode and it's a great movie. So, nice. Ed, number one. Number one for me is going to be episode 183, The Batman. Um this was my first time actually going in and watching in a 4DX movie. Uh, wonderful experience. Uh, it, it does not uh, do anything like 3D. It's much better in my opinion. I get headaches from 3D, probably like a lot of you folks out there. So yeah, 4DX is the way to go. However, there were some amazing scenes in that episode. But I don't think any of us were like, prepared for that good of a film uh especially you know some of us were worried about you know uh pattinson some of us yep. were worried dc are they putting out good stuff and all that so we are go all back, pleasantly go back surprised. and listen to the episode exactly uh number one for me is going to be episode 182 it was uh, again the conversation that that shocked everybody and it was a fun list 
our uh, top five plus five of 2021. Um, those are always fun episodes and uh, those are always fun lists to go through. So like I said, it was from February 28th of 2022, episode 182. Go back, listen to it and uh, send us some thoughts. Zach, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, sweet and simple. Last week's episode, Denzel Washington, top five plus five. We started the year with uh, the tragedy at Macbeth and ended it with our top ten films of his career. Um, it's brand new. Go listen to it. It was awesome to talk about. Uh, easily, probably one of the greatest actors still with us. So, still working. Craig, number one for you, sir. Uh, number one for me, <clears throat> I know it's going to be kind of like what what people would assume uh it's gonna be the batman um i was so uh, excited i thought you were to gonna talk s- i thought you were gonna say uh attack of the clones or no, solo. Like, one of those two so attack of the clones was it was a quick episode we were in and out there wasn't really anything that we were you know the conversation wasn't you know um yeah. anything that stuck out but i was just so excited to come in and talk about batman after we watched it um just because yeah. It blew away my expectations. Um, <clears throat> we all were just excited to talk about it after we had watched it. And I think we had a pretty big giveaway for it. Um, the top five Batman films was our top five of that episode. So all around, it was just, uh, you know, I don't remember anything distinctively that we specifically talked about. But I just remember it being a really fun conversation about a really good movie. Um that is probably going to be one of the best of 2022. So, yeah. Yep. So again, everybody send us in your top five um, episodes that we covered and we did last year or top five conversations and we'll read them um, over an email bag in the next few weeks. Um, but let's get to it today before we get started and talk about Elvis. I'm sure we can all just uh, do a quick nod thoughts and prayers to Jeremy Renner who, uh, had a incident over the weekend, very sad weekend overall, including last night's Monday night football game. So, um, yeah. thoughts and prayers uh, to everybody out there who's who's going through all this negative stuff right now. Um, I mean, Ken Block as well. Yeah, man. The snowbill by accident. Yeah, it's there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. So we ain't even a weekend yet. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I hope this is not a harbinger of what's coming for this year. Just you know, just kind of going off what Johnny was going towards you know, life is short it's unexpected you never know when something's going to happen so uh you know reach out to somebody tell them you love them give them a hug if they're right next to you and hey uh, let's start off 23 right i love you all elvis is on hbo max go hbo max it up because we are digging into elvis um Zach, we'll start with you. Was this a first-time watch for you, or did you get check it out in the theater, or what was it like revisiting for the episode? Um, Second-time watch. I got to see this in the theater this summer when it was released. Um, at Rodeo First. T- no, at, at the Warren, actually. Uh, it. We'll get into it, but basically, first-time watch, I was impressed with it, and the second-time watch, I, I like it more. So. Uh, I agree with Zach. Craig, what about you, first-time watch? It was the first time watched. I so wanted to just, go see it in theater, uh, but wasn't able to. So, just a few short words. What was it like after the movie? Um, sad. Sad. Yeah. I just yeah. Uh, a l- I had a little more knowledge of of his life. Yeah. Ed, what about you? A few short words. First time watch. Uh, 
full watch, yes. Yeah. Partial watches before, but full watch, yes. Yeah. Uh, short words. Slightly exaggerated, iconic, uh, fun. Fun. Um, guys, this, to me, I, I, I like the way you started off with, you know, for this being a, a two and a half, almost two and a half hour movie, I thought the, the pacing of this movie was fun. Um, the music throughout the entire film, obviously, not only was it done by Austin Butler, um, but some of the score and soundtrack was updated for a movie that you don't really get that much. You know, if you see a movie that's based on the 80s, you're going to get an 80s soundtrack mostly. Um, for this movie being based off the 50s and 60s, you got a, a, a 50s, 60s feel with the soul and the classical, um, but you also had some upbeat, you know, newish hip hop kind of feelings with the with the background score. Well, not just not just newish songs but you had new artists doing renditions of older songs yes mm. which which was i thought really really fun um let's talk about you know the the big thing is austin butler the dude came out of nowhere did this movie at least for me he came out of nowhere he did elvis not only did he knock it out of the park with the performances the singing the acting the dude physically did I feel like he physically did the best he could do with Elvis. I don't think anybody else on the planet could, could have done what he did. No. Not if, as good, I, no. If, if Randy no. Malik can win an Oscar for being Freddie Mercury, then I think Austin Butler should win one for, for portraying Elvis. And a lot of it's mostly just because the depth he went into of his research, time uh, spent just watching videos, getting to know how he talked, getting to know how he walked how he did his little gyrations and dances and his playing methods and his singing methods and all that. That's really impressive with Austin Butler and his team because, you know, for a guy like that, I mean, yes, there's still a lot of fans that have seen him, but you've got people that you need to reintroduce him to and introduce him to. And the reintroducers, that's, going to be a heavy hitter and, and you need to come out swinging and this this one mike tyson came out swinging so yeah and yeah there is a lot of hype for this movie and i think uh, you know there is a lot of hype and a lot of publicity for this movie but i don't think it got nearly the hype it should have because maybe you know top gun maverick came out a few weeks before but uh man you know in a world without Top Gun, I think this movie would have been the hit of the summer. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, the the, the the clothes that they brought, the narration of Tom Hanks and all that, the accent he used, you know, and just this whole production was spot on, man. Um, you get him as a kid and all that, you know, kind of watching through uh, different acts going on and you know kind of i mean honestly areas he shouldn't have been in as a kid you know because yeah. even back then they were kind of outlawed to a decent degree uh footloose if you will uh <laughs> and then going into you know his first act where he's in the pink and the black and how he does that and everybody's kind of making fun of him what do you guys his, think you know, i know ed was kind of getting into some of the younger elvis scenes do you guys like how it didn't spend too much time on young Elvis. Yes. To, to me, I thought the pacing of it was like just was fabulous. It, I mean, it could have really felt like a two and a half, three hour movie, but I think the way they put this together with just sprinkling some flashbacks in there, 
but really focusing on like 24 year old Elvis and older. I thought that, I thought that was just pretty pretty impressive with with the the writing and the directing. Zach, what about you? Yeah, I, I thought the first time I watched it, I, I'm I'm gonna admit the first time I watched it, the first ten minutes, I was like, oh no, like I, I didn't think I was really gonna like it. It's very it's very it's very in the vein of Baz Luhrmann. It's very glitzy style, pop, flashy, which that is kind of Elvis to an extent, but it's it, like, I, I, I like what you said. It, it's kind of exaggerated a little bit in a certain, in a certain, certain, certain way. Yeah. Um, but like, once we get to um, Austin Butler and the main thing I will say, like he steals the show and deservedly so he deserves all the accolades he's probably going to get for this. The performance sequences, like really like, Put you like in the mode, like wow, this is like this is probably what it felt like to see Elvis perform when he was younger. Well, I mean, you know, when he puts that in the pink and black, uh, you know, they're making fun of him and all that, kind of like I was saying, and all of a sudden, like he flips and he starts doing his thing, mm-hmm. you know, that everybody would come to know, and everybody's like, dude, hold up, what is you know, he 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 yeah. became one of those generational talents, you know, the Jimi Hendrix or Eddie Van Halen or something hey, let me, like that. Let me, let, me, you know? let me talk to you guys about something real quick. As much as Austin Butler was phenomenal with, with as Elvis, and you know a lot of the screen time is on him, do you guys think, I feel like Tom Hanks... Go ahead, say it. <laughs> I, I think, right, listen. I think Tom, I love Tom Hanks. I did not like him in this. I, I not just, really. He didn't. Hold on a second. Now you didn't like the character, or you didn't like him as an actor. I didn't like him as an actor. When when Austin Butler's on screen, he disappears. I don't know who Austin Butler is. I'm seeing Elvis. When I wow. when I see Tom Hanks walk on screen, I just see Tom Hanks in a fat suit. I just I couldn't I couldn't get rid of the Tom Hanks image and see Colonel Parker. You so know? that's what that's what I was going to ask. At the beginning, this feels more like, and even sometimes throughout the movie, this feels more like a Colonel Parker movie than it does yep. an Elvis movie. But do you think if they got somebody else to play Colonel Parker, it would still feel that way? I think that, I think Tom Hanks steals the show, but accidentally. I don't. I, I think that was the whole. And I think the intention of this movie was to tell the story, the the phenomenon that Elvis became through Colonel. Parker's eyes because it's, it's almost Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel Parker, it, you know, even from the beginning, he's like, I'm going to tell you how I discovered Elvis or how I, how I be- got Elvis to become what he is. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. It's more the promotional value that you actually got Elvis to become what he was. The, the iconic ways that Elvis had and was going to was from his own kind of, creation essentially it's just mm-hmm. you you what he did is give gave him more of a world view you know yeah. and i mean when you when you think of elvis you think of the big pop collar suits the onesies with the uh like deep deep lines in the front with jewels and glamorous like huge belts you know and i mean this E335 guitar. You guys disagree or agree? Did you like the way Elvis was portrayed with his mama in the movie? It He's a southern boy. It doesn't have to be long. Do. It doesn't yeah. have to be long or you know. I, I agree. Did you guys like it or not like it? I think yeah. it portrays how um reserved Elvis initially was. 
and kind mm-hmm. of what he was brought to due to the public and, and everything. It's not, it, he wasn't trying to be what he was perceived to be. That's just yeah. what he felt whenever he heard music. Yeah. And I, I've, I've seen a lot of Elvis documentaries and I know that he, the relationship between him and his mom was very, very important to him. And when he, when she died, it, it, it hit him terrible. And so, and I didn't know that he actually had a brother that died you know, mm-hmm. shortly after being born. So I didn't know that. So I understand like the mother's persistence to protect him and not want him to like stray from what he was meant to be. How, how about the casting of the mom or the father or anybody outside the two, the big two, like, you know, outside Tom Hanks and Austin Butler, you know, when, sometimes when we talk about some of these, these, these big Oscar nominated films, it's almost mm-hmm. like, uh, I, I can live without some of these characters. But yeah. to me, to me, like everybody was put in place pretty good, other than I thought the mom and the father were a little weak as far as side characters go. I felt like his initial bandmates and BB King were really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and the reason the, I say the, the go ahead, go ahead. But the but yeah, I agree. The mother and father fell a little bit short, but I feel like the surrounding cast around everything else, maybe the people that were at the table. Kind of questioning, and in one of the most in one of the most important scenes of the film, when Elvis loses his mother, you know he's up in the closet crying with her clothes, and the dad Mm -hmm. is just like, "He needs you, Colonel Parker." Like that to me just felt so generic because I could not believe the dad at all. And I know, you know, I I know there's probably a little budget right there. You know, you, you can't pick everybody good to be the dad, but that scene to me just like was a little unbelievable. Yeah. Just because of some of the cast placing of the mom and the dad. Now, what would you guys think of uh, his wife, Priscilla? I, uh, that, Priscilla. That's what I was going to say. Olivia De Jones, she plays a Priscilla. I thought she was great. I did. I just didn't think she had enough screen time, to be honest. Yeah, I, there I was think, a, it you didn't know, build that relationship. Yeah, yeah. it's because like you know we meet her when he goes to uh, Germany, uh, and then she kind of goes in and out, and then. She leaves, and then the last scene is the heartbreaking scene in the movie, and then that's really it, you know. Yeah. And so I, I thought she was excellent as Priscilla. I just wish she had more screen time. So one thing I did not know going into this was they tried to cancel Elvis. That was that was a real big shock to me way back in the day, which I yeah. kind of get, but I, I knowing but- what today's world is like. But you know, you know what's well, you know what's perfect about bringing you bringing that up, is that in the movie they don't spend that much time on it. That's that's one no. thing I really will say about this movie, whether it's like, the, they they spend time on the important things leading up to his relationship with Colonel Parker. And a lot of people might be like, oh, this movie didn't have enough Lisa Marie, or this movie didn't have enough of his wife, or this movie didn't have enough of the parents. It wasn't about Elvis and really everybody else. It was about Elvis and Colonel Parker, and then everything else was sprinkled around it. So I really do appreciate how this movie just gives you the meat and potatoes, and the vegetables are around the side. And it's it's yeah. really just you know amazing because I rewatching it again over the weekend, I was like, man, I think it's gonna be a tough watch. Honestly, two hours and twenty minutes. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm going to enjoy it as much as, as the theater watch, but it kept me intrigued because of how fast that story went from beginning to end. And it really starts with them at the carnival 
and then it kind of ends, you know, in in the, the Vegas scene. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up the the Christmas special, to you guys. What did you guys think of the Christmas special scene, uh, where you know, that's really the the breaking point for both two for both parties. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Elvis, by that point, he pretty much had resurrected his career. He was about to do the 1968 TV special, which I think is the Christmas special. Um, you know, Colonel Parker wants him decked out in Christmas gear and sweaters and everything, and uh, Elvis is like, no, like, you know, this is my career. I, you know, I'm, I want to come back. I want to travel the world, entertain people. And this is how we're going to do it. And for him to walk out in the black suit and the giant Elvis red letters behind, behind him is, I thought it was a really great scene and really done in a, in a really tension driven way. Um, so. and, you know, sitting back and looking at looking at like the Vegas scenes and stuff, um, the truth about not Colonel Parker not being able to go overseas and Elvis never going over to go over to Germany or Japan and doing like a big show like that, like man, it's kind of like sitting back and thinking about it. Man, it, it, would it would it have been a good thing or a really really bad thing if he ever went overseas like that? Potential um, on both. Craig, you said one of or Craig or Ed, one of you guys had mentioned that you know it was sad. Uh, yeah. Craig, I think it was you. Kind of describe your feelings <clears throat> on on the way the movie was sad for you. Was it just like the way they treated Elvis? Yeah, like, it was like I said. He he was a reserved Southern boy who really only knew his mother and father, and was put out in this world and was used because um, Colonel Parker knew what he was knew that he didn't really have an understanding of the outside world and kind of used it against him, you know, and the whole, um, the security and you're, you're not going to be safe outside of the U S when it was really him just wanting to keep him at the casino because he had that unlimited line of credit. And it was just him being taken advantage of when honestly, if he had the right people around him, he probably would have been alive a lot longer. He probably would have had more, um, you know, he was already famous and had a lot of stuff surrounding him, but it just probably could have been hit. The ending of his career probably could have been different if he had the right. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, you, you got the scene where they did like the 15 cities in 15 days. Uh, they wanted, but, you know, they mainly wanted to keep him. And his, that's kind of sad. You know, his last six or seven years was him just being strung out in Vegas. Cage in a um, puppet in a cage. Well, yeah. Well, let's let's talk man. about that. Let's let's talk about that scene where you know he's he's exposed to pills and he's he's a little too much uh on the alcohol and he exposes Colonel Parker as an alien and uh you know he's trapped mm-hmm. in this cage. Zach, I'll start with you. Anybody else can jump in. Do you think that's the scene that wins Austin Butler an Oscar if he wins it? Yeah, I mean he when he starts screaming like behind the behind the curtain saying you're fired it's just there's such a a power behind his voice and saying that he like he's done with his bs and like just get out i want to do my career the way i want to and you got to remember you know the colonel basically set him up for a, a five year deal of 1 million dollars a year basically selling his life for 5 years to play in vegas that's not a lot of money and, and so, well, back, back in the then 70s it would it be. Was. 
Yeah. But now it's just it's nothing. But yeah, I mean it when it finally breaks, it breaks and like the the it goes I go back to saying the word tension. It it, it really it's tension driven and it works. What about you, Ed? I mean <clears throat> A lot of people nowadays go ahead and like a lot of uh, musical acts or you know dance acts or magical acts really want that uh, residency as they call it now in Vegas. You know, I mean, yeah. Britney Spears, Bruno Mars, you've got Dion. the Jabberwockies, Celine Dion, a lot of different uh, things right there. You know, uh, Penn and Teller, I think, have had a residency. You know, uh, all kinds of acts. Anyways. You know, now it's a huge thing, but, you know, I think he was one of, if not the first one to get that kind of stay deal. at Vegas <clears throat> deal. Yeah. Perfect word. Perfect word. Uh, you know, way before it was even really a true thing. Um, well, and that, that is the, ho the hotel. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. The International Hotel that he performed at, that was like a brand new hotel. And that was like his residency for yeah. a very long time that the hotel doesn't exist anymore. But I think like later in the film, like they they're taking down the marquee of Elvis. So I think they're putting the Jackson's the Jackson five up or something like that. So it's just a lot of people have gone through probably that hotel yeah. in its time. So that, that 5 million with inflation after the past 53 years from 1970 to now would be 38 million plus. That's still not enough. compared to. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Now, especially his residency would probably be like a half million a year, yeah. if not more, because of his name, you know, and his iconic career. And just imagine what he would have done after he after you know that stage. Yeah. So, but uh, no, nah, man, the outfits, the way he acted, the you know, I mean, there was cameras would not show this man from the waist down because of how he moved his legs and how he did things, you know. Uh, there, there was so many, so many different things that people would do back then versus now that were just outlawed and like really, really looked down upon or frowned upon any other way that he did. And he kind of got out there to the world, uh, that nowadays are very easily common practice that are kind of glanced at and like, eh, okay. They sneezed, you know, kind of thing. I, I enjoyed the relationship between him and bb king i enjoyed yeah. that aspect of the movie every time you know because everything was you know in the what was that 60s early 70s 50 50s everything 60s, was yeah. segregated and you know he was hanging out with bb king in that area he was signing autographs people looked at him mm -hmm. i'm really know. glad i'm really glad that the movie kind of showed that aspect yeah. of elvis because yeah. you know there were, there was a lot of you know rumors and uh, stuff like that back in the day that Elvis just kind of stole like a bunch of different gimmicks yes. and stuff in the past. Which there is some songs that he did probably use and make more you know more famous. But you know uh, at the end of the day, I, I do appreciate and uh, I think Lisa Marie Presley, the daughter, she was like a a producer. She was like a naysayer, or a co-sayer on what happened, what went in the film, and she said she she enjoyed it so much that she watched it like three or four times. The whole fam the family had nothing to do with the movie. Really, that they 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 applauded. I mean, after the movie, they really gave their blessing to Austin Butler, saying, "Yeah, they they did, he did a very good job of uh, portraying him and what he was like." Uh, but they had nothing to do with the movie. They, this was kind of like a, its own independent thing. Nice. Kinda the crazy surprising. thing is, 
the crazy thing is we're talking about this movie this Sunday, January the 8th. If Elvis was still alive, he would have been, he would have been 88 years old. Elvis' so, birthday is Sunday? Yeah, so it's crazy. How does this stuff happen? I don't, I don't who, know. Who, who makes this schedule up? Man? I don't know. I don't know. We got to find this guy who 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 puts these things together. Um, but the, and you know the crazy thing is, is like in retrospect, I mean, ev everyone knows you say the name Elvis, you know who he is. The crazy thing is, he has made more money now that he's dead than whenever he was alive, and that's just that's just insane to me. Well, it's always like that, you know. Michael Jackson well, did the same thing. Some of the you know John Lennon, same thing. It's just, it's a lot of, e and I, I know this is kind of hard to say, and this is probably a little bad to say, but it's a lot easier to make money when you're dead as a musician than it is when you're alive. And I, I was going to say the, so a couple of years ago, it wasn't that, that long ago, um, the Presley family now receives um, a portion of all uh, commission of the Elvises yeah. in Vegas, and I thought that was stupid. I was like, you know, you you don't you shouldn't get a commission off of somebody else doing work, but it makes perfect sense now. Like all the Elvises yeah. that did weddings, weddings in Vegas and everything, like you said, he was that initial deal in Vegas. He he made Vegas almost what it is today. Because a, a lot bigger, yeah, yeah. It, it it drew so much, so many people. Went to Vegas over those five years to get Vegas kind of kickstarted. Like, yeah, they had the strip, they had Vegas, they had the whole kind of thing going, but he made it a show town. What'd you guys yeah. think of? And I'm, I'm gonna touch on this real quick before we try to get out of here. What'd you guys think of them not really showing Austin Butler as the older, heavier set Elvis? I, 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 really, the... I really did enjoy. How the very last scene where he sung Unchained Melody, they used a real life video footage of yeah. Elvis Presley instead of trying to put a, a heavy suit maybe on Austin Butler. What'd you guys think? I think that was a good decision. Yeah. Um, I mean, it yeah, made, same, I same. To, to me, it made it 10 times more emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's exactly why they did that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. In interviews with Austin Bus Butler, they he really he he does like the the teenage Elvis, the middle age, the like the the popular Elvis, and then like middle age to close to you know as we call fat Elvis or towards his death Elvis. Um, he's in there. I mean, right before they cut to the real Elvis, that's him, that's Austin Butler, you know, at makeup and everything. So I mean, I think the 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 fact that you can watch this movie and not even see Austin Butler. You actually kind of see Elvis. Uh, it's just astounding. And to me, like I'll admit I was a naysayer. Like when they first announced him as Elvis, I was like, no, that doesn't, that is, that's not going to work. But it I mean, works. it, it, it work. It feels good when they prove you wrong. Yeah. So. Favorite I scene. Go ahead. Um, honestly, uh, the first kind of big concert, he goes out in the pink and black suit uh, man, you know, when he's getting that first note and he goes, what, you know, that, that whole initial note, pure, pure genius and pure, just talent unleashed, basically. Uh, my, some, some of my favorite, I'll agree with you, Ed, the first, the performance scene when they, when he's out in the pink, uh, outfit and everything is astounding. It's a sad scene, but 
the ending when Priscilla is basically kind of begging him to go to a, a place where he can get he can re- relax and decompress and get some help. And it's just I it's sad to know I don't know, obviously I don't know what the last conversation they had, but that could be that could be if that was it, that's truly like heartbreaking and the know with that like he only had like a year or two left of his life. So um my I'm gonna pick two right quick. I'll go I'll go right through them. The scene where he's up on the Hollywood sign asking his new uh his new uh you know fellas if you will what, what they think of his career because it takes a lot of balls if you ask me for somebody who's that high and mighty to ask somebody what what they think of their career um and then the entire uh christmas special or live special that he did that whole sequence from start to finish um mm-hmm. including the shooting of uh bobby kennedy and there was was just phenomenal so those are my two favorite scenes craig what about you uh, my favorite thing is going to be the uh, performance right after he talks to BB King uh, in the baseball field. Oh, um, yeah. you know, where he threat, threats to get canceled and all that. Yeah, you can kind of hear the the guy doing the the thing a couple miles away or whatever, <clears throat> and that sheriff tells him he's like, "If you even move a pinky, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna shut you down." And he holds up that pinky and he does it. And, <laughs> It was just like, mm-hmm. you know, he 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 kind of at that moment was just like, you know what, I, I I understand what I am now. I understand the power that I hold yeah. and who I am. And I don't think he was being rebellious. I think he just kind of understood that he was being taken advantage of. Yeah, and I agree. Going back to what you said, Johnny, about um, the movie depicting um, how African American music really influenced him. A lot of people would think, I know I thought that those were his original songs, but I'm glad that they told the truth and said, no, these were, I'm not going to, you know, like you said, he probably used them and got more recognition out of them, but even, even those, B. those B. were the things, those like, were the things know, that he grew up on and that's what influenced him. So, yeah. And in the movie, he's like, you know, he sings it good, but you would make a lot more money off of it if you were to sing it. Yeah. And I agree with you. Like it's not it's not that he straight up just stole it. It's those were his roots. That's what he enjoyed. That's what that was his feel good music, as they said. Yeah. So So I got a quick question. Have any of the uh, three of y'all ever been to Graceland? Uh-uh. No. 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 I have. I've I've been to Graceland and I've seen the grave of his brother. I've seen the house, been in there, took a tour and uh, it's a it's a really really cool thing. I mean, it's kind of a decked out heard, Elvis house, you know. I've heard it's not as big as it looks, though. That's the no. funny thing. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, back in the day, the... back in the day, obviously it would be a huge house, but now it's it's like small in comparison. The closest well, I mean, I've ever been to Graceland was uh, watching Zombieland too. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really cool because you go down into the basement and you get to see like different things that he did and you know where different area or they've got portrayals of like this area he did this and a picture up on the wall and this area he talked to this person and a picture of that up on the wall and stuff like that uh little songs playing here and there and just outfits everywhere and stuff like that it's a worth uh uh, wait (coughs) i i have one more favorite scene um you know and i don't know how true it is to the real life but when he finally gets on stage and he's getting ready for a show and he's, you know, he's like, I need these girls here to sing this. And they kind of repeat mm. it. And he goes and he just goes line after line really kind of showed how 
good of a musician he was and he kind of knew exactly how he wanted it and you know going through and watching um bohemian rhapsody you kind of have the same thing with rami malik where they're not just singers that are talented like they fully understood what their music was how they wanted oh, yeah. it to sound and they could tell anybody and mm -hmm. everybody this is what we're doing for this song and it's going to be magic yeah I think it's the You're small it's the small detail scenes like that that makes these movies stand out compared yeah. to make maybe like comparing a movie like I don't probably gonna get some flack for this but like the doors with Val Kilmer compare comparing that movie to maybe you know something like Bohemian Rhapsody or Elvis there's just the small details that matter and and one more thing before we get out of here is they could have easily made this like a stereotypical Elvis movie like an impression and they just didn't do that. They wanted to pay respect to the man, to the legend, what Elvis is. And they, the Austin Butler was able to embody that in a performance that I, you know, I think all of us could agree. It's probably, probably one of the best performances of the year. So it'll be interesting to see everybody's star rating um, and to see where this movie may be line up with uh, everybody's top five plus five of 2022. Edward, we'll start with you. Star rating for Elvis. Uh. I'm going to have to go ahead and give it an eight. Uh, strong eight. Liked it. We'll watch it again. Have watched it more than once. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to give this movie a nine. Um, just on the on the fact of, uh, you know, it's, it's fun music to listen to. The performances are out of this world. For a two-hour and 20-minute movie, it just zooms by because of how detail-oriented this film is. Um, like I said, it's it's fun to watch. Go check it out. HBO Max. Um, it's worth the entire two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, Zach? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Ed. It's a strong eight. Um, I, I like the first time I watched it, I was not let down, but just kind of interesting that they chose the, the Colonel Parker route of telling the story. But in the rewatch, I understand why they do that. Um, like I said, Austin Butler's awesome. <coughs> Tom Hanks, you know, he is what it is. Um, but. Overall, I think Baz Luhrmann did an awesome job with this, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this makes anyone's best of the year list. So, Craig, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna give it an eight. Um, I think Austin Butler and his portrayal was amazing. I think the score, the sound, the costume design, all of that was amazing. Um, I just think Tom Hanks kind of pulled it down a little bit. I think some of the um, how quick they went through some things and how they stuck around on some other things kind of, uh, I just wish, you know, there were some other things that were, were focused on a little yeah. bit, but um, it, it's, it's not a perfect movie, but I do think there are elements of this film that are really good. So I think we we'll give it a yeah. solid eight. Yep. Nice. So, overall, I think uh, Elvis, you know, we all agree that it was at least worth a watch of 2022. Um, and I, I do say, you know, everybody who did not join us yesterday, obviously for some reasons uh, that was on on my end, uh, appreciate you guys for watching us here on this Tuesday evening, uh, talking about Elvis, first episode of the year, episode 226. Um, I'm excited for what this year might be. Again, everything is looking and sounding different. Um, but I think, you know, uh, for everybody who's always been with us and is used to the, the two hour episodes, honestly, this is going to be an introduction to, uh, life is short. 
everybody's out there who's listening to us are in it for two things, the top five and the, the movie review. So let's, uh, we know that your life is busy. Um, so if you want to put us on for an hour and escape your, your worries and your troubles and whatever else might be out there that's, you know, tackling you down, uh, we enjoy coming on here and hanging out with you for, for an episode and talking, talking movies with you. Um, next week is another easy watch. It's another easy find. Go check it out on Netflix. Uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery and a standing cast. I heard it's one of the best movies of the year. Me personally, I have not seen it yet. I can't wait to go watch it. What? Um, uh, you know, Knives Out was one of my favorite movies of 2019. So I can't wait to check this one out. Um, before we get out of here, you guys excited for Glass Onion next week? Yeah. I've has anybody watched has anybody, it twice. Has anybody watched oh, Okay, it's already watched it twice. <laughs> Craig, have you seen it yet? My boy. I, I, don't, I don't even want to watch it for next week. Yeah? Yeah. It's I'm just kidding. It's I'll, I'll I'll watch it and I'll I'll probably enjoy it when I watch it. But we'll see. I, think so. I, I haven't seen it yet either, so I think it should be a fun episode. Um, next week's top five, we'll announce it soon. Um, but until then, anybody else have any uh, final thoughts on on this week's episode of Elvis? Uh, man, just uh, glad to be here. Glad to have the show. Glad to have you guys. <laughs> Hopefully, it goes better in the new year. We'll see. Go H go HBO Max it up for Elvis. H HBO Max oh, it up for oh. Elvis. Craig, you have any uh, final thoughts on Elvis? Elvis has left the building. There oh. you go, guys. There thank, you go. For, thank you for joining us for this okay, first baby. episode of Elvis. Uh, <laughs> next week we'll talk to you guys for a new episode next Monday, January the 9th, for Glass Onion, right here on a new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Later.